Hello and welcome to Coffee and Conversation, a podcast from the Del Norte County Office of Education and Del Norte County Unified School District. I'm Jeff Harris. I'm the superintendent of the county and district. And joining us today are Angela Greeno. Hello. And Angela is our current board president and also Frank Magarino. Hi there. And Frank was our past board president. And, you know, we're, we're really kind of looking back, I think, over the last 12 months. It was exactly 12 months ago today. Um, and today is Monday, March 15th. So 12 months ago, it was Sunday morning. The board held an emergency meeting. Um, I think it, oh my gosh, 8 9 o'clock in the morning. It was about 10 o'clock because I was supposed to be going to church that day. <laughs> and, and the topic was closing schools due to COVID-19. So just a little bit of background, that previous Monday, um, actually it was the previous Saturday, I had gotten a call from um, the governor's office. They had invited the 58 county superintendents to meet with Governor Newsom, and they wanted to talk about this new virus that was coming out of China. They wanted to get our thoughts on it. They wanted to talk to us a little bit about um, what was happening. There was a cruise ship parked off the coast and nobody wanted to take the passengers from that cruise ship. Um, And so Monday I was in Sacramento sitting in the governor's conference room. We were having a conversation and I will never forget that day. He said, but listen, everybody, we're not going to close schools. Everything will be fine. Um, Just don't listen to the rumors. On Friday, there was an executive order that came out on Sunday morning. uh, We had that emergency board meeting. And when you, when both of you, Frank, you were president at the time, but when you guys heard about that emergency meeting, that it was due to COVID, what were your first thoughts? Well, (laughs) For me, is like nah, nah. It's maybe maybe for a week or so. Um, maybe somebody's just knee jerking or whatever. But um, n- never expected it to be what uh, the arduous year that we've all experienced and the difficult decision that we made at the time was a decision that we made at least in my mind, was to, this is a short-term, you know, um, situation that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my, that was my impression. And if, and if you recall, I mean, we had um, some of the folks there that we asked them questions, what they would anticipate, how long this would take, how long this would be. Obviously, nobody had answers because right. there were no answers to give. But at the time, I... Um, it was a short term. Yeah. Um, I say, heck, Frank, at that point, we didn't know what questions to ask, right. <laughs> exactly. much less right. what you know, answers would yeah. be. Uh, leading up to that, I remember seeing some other school districts around the nation starting to close. And I was hearing that rumor, you know, you guys need to close, you need to close. And I even remember, thank you, Facebook memories of us saying that we're, we have no intention at this time to close. We're continuing as normal. Uh, and then when I got that, you got, we have an emergency meeting. It's like, this is the decision. And for me, I was. it was a decision that was very hard. It was very difficult to make. But I think the part that made me go, this will be okay um, at this time, was hearing the plans our staff had already started talking about earlier that week, even though they were told, 
you know, this will be okay. We are not going to be closing. Um, the fact that our nutrition and our transportation um, was already discussing what would it take to feed a community if we had to close. Mm -hmm. This was before the governor said we need to feed schools. This was before all of that. And the fact that they were having that discussion was amazing because our kids rely heavily on the food that we provide for our community, unfortunately, because of our economic uh, disadvantage in our community. And that was a big concern was what are the kids going to do on Monday? They depend on this. And the fact that Deborah Kravitz, who retired, uh, she's like, I have food ready. I've been ordering for the last week. You say the word. We will start packing these brown bags right now. And that was like, OK, this will be a short term thing until we can figure something out. And what they did in a year and what the staff did of getting Zoom going up and going, getting even the uh, packets of homework and stuff, what they did in a short turnaround was amazing to me. And that's what made me feel like even though we don't know what questions to ask, we don't know how long this is going to last. That was what gave me the confidence that the decision we were going to make was going to be okay for our kids for a while. And, and uh, something that dawned on me at um, towards the end of the meeting was no matter – this decision was already made for us. So right. we, we didn't have an option. There was no option like, no, we're going to keep our schools open. We're going to continue, plow through. No, the decision was already made, but, uh, you know, way above our pay grade. So, well, and I, and I think, you know, Frank, that's an important part too, because, you know, I know one of the criticisms over the last 12 months has been, you know, you guys are overreacting. You've been too reactive at the point the board made that real decision to say, yeah, let's go ahead and close right now. And, and again, you know, just remind folks, it wasn't a let's close forever and right. see what happens. It was you guys as a board said, let's close now. Let's revisit this in, I think, what was it, two or three weeks, mm -hmm. right? Because we were thinking once we had some information, yeah, it was two, right? Yeah, every two weeks we were going to address it. And um, we were at the point we made that made that move. Humboldt had already made that decision. Mm -hmm. Brookings had already made that. Curry County had already made that decision. And we were kind of the the last yeah. of those groups. And we made it at the 11th hour on Sunday morning. Some of those had made it immediately on Friday night. Others had, had made it. On, I think Curry might have. I'm not sure here. They may have even made it on Thursday and let folks know on Friday. The uh, Humboldt schools had been meeting Friday and Saturday to, to make that decision. And in many cases, it wasn't even their board that closed it. It was their superintendent that closed it. So, you know, you guys were a little bit further ahead of that game. And and like Angela said, um, it was amazing when all this all this just came came upon us and things started to unfold, how well prepared we were to yeah. be able to feed our community, to be able to do the packets, to be able to have we had the technology that most other school districts weren't even close to. And that was an investment that we made Yeah, I've, with, um, you know, it was a difficult decision to make, but we, we've made that investment and in hindsight, it really paid off in a big way. Right. Cause we had a question on the table in front of the board months prior about getting a loan to pay for some technology upgrades, a big part being our internet infrastructure. We were running very, very low. It was okay. It could make us work through it, but every time testing would happen, state testing, it would always you know, mess up and things. And so we were like, should we take out this loan? Not quite sure. I was very, very hesitant to do it. 
And then a few months later, because we constructed over the summer, and then a few months later, we had to use it. And that saved us so much. Um, the fact that we were already on a trajectory to go one to one on devices, um, we were heading that direction. And the fact that we were we weren't completely there. Like, yes, there were a lot of things that could have went better. Mm-hmm. But hindsight is twenty twenty. Thank you. <laughs> that goodness is years <laughs> over. But we were on that trajectory. Our IT department was already going there. Uh, as we said, with our seamless summer program helped us with the meals that we usually do during the summertime. We had already had a template to go there. We already had some independent um, packet study projects ready Mm -hmm. to go. We were ready to go there. And it was these little tiny things that all we had to really do was our staff got it really innovative. They got really creative. How can we use Google Classroom? How can we use Zoom? I remember, Jeff, you brought up this new program called Zoom at the time. And I was like, what? This is ridiculous. This is video conferencing. Why should we do this? And lo and behold, months later, we rely so heavily on Zoom that even when all the security stuff came on of putting classrooms on, on Zoom, we were ahead of the curve. We weren't mm-hmm. having as many incidents of security breaches as other school districts had had because our IT team had been so used to it. They were they knew what to do. Granted, we learned along the way. There were yep. some things that we tweaked and fixed, but we were so prepared for something we didn't even know we had that when we talked to other school districts of their um, their hesitancy to do certain things. We're like, we've been doing it. It's it's doable. You can do this. Trust your staff. This is why you've hired them. You can let them do this. Um, and we became an example for other. Yeah. It kind of kind of makes um, Ryan and Michael look like geniuses, huh? <laughs> 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 I mean, they were the one that pushed for all this, and they harangued us long enough that we said, "Yeah, you're right. We do need it." Well, and I have to say, too, and that was the other thing, uh, you know, even this podcast, for instance, came out of just needing to get more information out. Right. We had hired Michael right before with the communications going like, you know, we need to strengthen our communications to our community a little bit more. And then this happened. We're like, Michael, you're on. This was a temp thing. Now you're here forever. <laughs> like, we wanted to see if this worked. And so it was a really great, those little tiny things of, hmm, maybe this is a good idea, really helped save us in the end. But, you know, and, and so while I'm going to give our food service and our transportation, our teachers, our um, admin, huge, 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 huge kudos for everything that they did, because we were able to really pivot Fast. I mean, yeah. we, we we pivoted very, very, very quickly and we're out getting things done to the point where I don't even know if I told the two of you, I might have. Um, we had other school districts that right. were logging onto our website and taking our packets and printing them off and giving them to their kids. Because mm-hmm, we had already started grade level groups right, b- right before for our PL, um, our personalized learning communities before with our teachers to make sure that all third graders were learning the same thing, that all the third grade teachers had a structure. So when we said we need a third grade packet, the third grade teachers knew what to do. They're like, we got this. Like, it was amazing. And and then so we became a repository for other folks. But and, and, you know, ultimately over that time, we served um, about a I don't know, it was about almost a quarter million meals during the spring. Mm-hmm. So not only handing out the packets, not only serving the meals, our transportation drivers were dropping off meals at bus stops. Um, nutrition services was providing um, food at different pickup locations. Um, so in, in many ways, the district itself was prepared, 
but this went further than the district. Mm -hmm. So both of you are on the board, you're community members. You have very different um, life experiences, very different, I'm not say very different groups, but but you have different circles that that you're involved with, that people that you know. How how has COVID overall, so not just schools, what have you seen the effects of COVID be in our community? For a long time, it was hopelessness. Uh, no one knew what to do. And when the school shut down, the, the community knew it was serious because we are such that hub. Um, we didn't know, but we knew of anything that we could do it together. So immediately, I know I became a part of a few Facebook groups I'm in the social media that were, they were called like helping neighbors. And it was people saying, hey, I've got extra food. Who needs help? Does anyone need me to do a grocery run? Who are the senior citizens in your community that can't get out? How can I help them? I saw a community do what it does best, which is rally together um, to try to solve how we can help each other. Well, and I have to tell you, Angela, you know, even that that very brief piece right there, I've talked to folks who have, I'm not going to say forgotten, but it's not as raw anymore that when you walked into Walmart, half the shelves were empty, mm -hmm. you know, or when you went into um, Fred Meyer, there just wasn't the item there or the items there that you thought that you were going to be able to get. So there was a lot of fear at, at that point as well. Yeah, that's that's the word I want to use is uh, they, initially there was a disbelief mm -hmm. and then there was... Um, a certain kind of like, oh, you know, this is, mm, this is just, people are just overreacting. And, but then once they did start seeing the shelves empty and, and then it became real fear. And, and a lot of folks were like, what do we do? What do we do? Where are we going? Where's this going to? Where are we, you know, heading? Um, but I, you know, how do you overcome fear? It's through courage. Mm -hmm. You so you you everybody's afraid. You know we all have fears. We we experience it. We feel it. We it's in our it's in our genes and our genetic makeup. But you overcome that through courage. And when you get to the point where okay, your courage is really moving forward and plowing through and overcoming that. Um, what do you want to call it is the fog of war, you know, you overcome that and then you start seeing the bigger picture mm -hmm. and you start making decisions that are more um, uh, productive instead of making knee jerk decisions that are counterproductive or that are based on fear. Right. So, you know, Frank, Angela, you talked a lot about, you know, kind of hearing that social emotional side of things going on with families. Frank, what, from your perspective, what were a lot of our families struggling with on the business side of it? Well, it depends what business you were, you were, you know, conducting, um, the business of restaurants, mm -hmm. you know, they, they took a big hit, um, theaters, major hit. Then you had other businesses that really thrived, um, like UPS, FedEx, you know, all these delivery companies that everybody was getting their, their, that's how you were getting your stuff. Right. You know, toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. stuff. If, if you could so find, find that online. Yeah. yeah. But um, as far as um, the private 
private sector, mm-hmm. there was a lot, a lot of concerns because you know you only got so much reserves that you right. can that you can do this and and of course you know the government came in and did the PPP and you know pay protection plan or right and so that helped out because you were able to keep some of your employees in place, um, but in general it was like. I got bills to pay. I got to pay my 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 rent. I got to pay for my whatever, you know, uh, equipment you're paying for. Mm-hmm. But the revenue is not coming in. Right. So that was, from my experience, that was the biggest concern is I got no money coming in and there's a lot of money still going out. Right. I think for my family, we started eating out more. I think part of it was when I was tired of cooking and to we wanted to support our local businesses. Mm-hmm. We saw them hurting. Um, my family was in the sector that we continued to work even close post the shutdown. Uh, and we were like, we know that not everyone gets this blessing of continued work. We need to continue helping and shopped more local. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was so easy to just pick up an Amazon and, and do with that. It's like, no, we got to shop more local. We've got to call a business and say, hey, do you have this in stock? Do you have this? Um, we It forced us to reevaluate our economic priorities to keep things more local because we saw it for sure on the local level of how this was hurting. And, it, you know, we ate out a lot. <laughs> yeah, the impact definitely was um, felt reverberated throughout Mm -hmm. the entire community you know fortunately we live in a place that you know if things get really bad you can just go hunting and fishing well but (laughs) somebody's got somebody that knows that there's a fisherman (laughs) (laughs) well but but i do have to say though you know when when april rolled around and then we weren't going to open by april 1st and then may rolled around and you know, we had people saying, what about graduation? How are mm-hmm. we going to do graduation? And we hadn't had one sport played since the previous, well, since the, basically the football championship football in December, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Yeah. We had started track, some sports track in January. We stopped and yeah. we had some really good kids that were going to the state championship that Basketball. were actually dominating, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. the um, on the fields of pole vaulting and yeah. uh, you know, the hundred yard dash and all that stuff that goes on. We had some really talented Right. Kids are going to just, and that just, it just stopped. stopped. It just stopped. Well, and, and then we didn't see it start again. And right. I mean, this town in many, many ways, it's kind of like a ghost town. Yeah. I live on a main thoroughfare in the community and it was just weird to not see anyone walking or driving. And it's like, this is a weekday and there's no one on the street. It was the weirdest thing in the world. I've never seen a main street just empty in this town. Well, and then... So then we get to the point of graduations. And again, I have to say, this is where our families and our staff just got so incredibly, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to say creative. Yes. Right. Because every one of our elementary schools, you know, the, the kindergartens had their graduations, the TKs had, or the uh, preschool kids had their graduations, um, eighth grade and then high school. And there was a lot of concern about what's this going to look like. And the whole idea of drive-through graduations popped up. Not the best thing that's ever, you know, been created by man. <laughs> but as a response, I have to tell you, you know, at Crescent Elk and and even at Del Norte High, which typically would be a much bigger affair, 
there were a lot of people who still said we we might have wanted something else, but given what we had, those were great. Well, I can tell you, I firsthand experienced my daughter graduated right. last year, and um, they a lot of her friends were coming around. Everybody was questioning what are we going to do. No, they got jilted. They lost out yep. on a great deal of things. They lost out on the safe and sober. Mm -hmm. You know, they lost out on the uh, the the. the the prom, they lost out on so much. Well, I think and she she was in dance too. They lost out they on lost her end out of your performances. The, yeah, they lost out on so much. I was just, um, I mean, it's the list is endless, right? Um, and that's you know, and even at that period is where where you're on your last part of your graduation. That's when they really create the bond of, okay, I'm not going to see you again, so let's see how we gonna continue this relationship or like, eh, you're not much. <laughs> <laughs> it's the memories of, yeah. of yeah. what you can yeah. remember from high school, usually that yeah. last semester. Those last, yeah. yeah. And they lost out on all that. Right. And, and it, um, you know, it's, you can still see that residual effect of that. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, the bonding is not quite as, um, as, tight as it would have been otherwise right. and so on and so forth i mean i can i can carry on but firsthand experience we did the best with what we had to work with and i think we did better and above generally most other situations um then then you know it's we we just dealt with the hand we had mm -hmm. and we made the best of it you know thank god um imagine you know living in a in a in a super urban area well, in an LA sure, that was completely uh, yeah. right. shut down exactly so we we were uh, with a grain of salt we 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 were more fortunate than most right well I was gonna say because I, I don't even know if a lot of our community realizes there were areas of California they didn't let anybody get together and they just mailed they just mailed the diplomas home. I remember just lots of different ideas that were coming out. Like I was like, I'm willing to go to houses, socially distanced to hand a person their diploma. Cause like we need to celebrate right. our kids. I was going into that season for me. It felt very sad and it going through like the seasons of grief basically during this time. And I know Frank and I, and you and Jeff were talking all the time of what can we do to give mm -hmm. our kids some sense of normalcy here? Open what can we do? Field, Open whatever, the football yeah. field. What, will we, what can we do? What can we do? And we were constantly talking with the Department of Health, um, with CDPH. What can we do? What can we do? And I was going into that week like just very mournful. It was very sad for me. But then once I saw what our staff were doing, again, what I was seeing, the creativeness of the the people that we have and, here and, and just made it so and yeah k-pod I mean, and k-sherry getting they, in on it I was like why didn't we do this sooner yeah, and all the kids had their speeches and they did a wonderful job we huh? had a float I mean, go by with the I boat know. full of kids it was so it's, celebratory it was like different. this was awesome it wasn't the traditional like pomp and circumstance everything is very grandeur it was fun know, it was a party I ever had. <laughs> yeah i was like wow this is cool like i would have never thought it would be this much fun to just have this drive out. through and the weather, the and weather, weather was, was perfect and it just the kids had fun and that's where I think those memories of when I thought it would be so sad it was so fun well and, and I think what I heard was 
there there was a difference between a typical graduation ceremony. Mm-hmm. This was a graduation celebration. Yes. So a little bit different. But that kind of takes us through the end of that that first year or that first uh, the chunk of school. Uh, but at this point, uh, this is the end of part one of this podcast talking uh, about the retrospective of how has it been post COVID. Um, So we would invite everybody to join us for part two of the podcast as we kind of dive into what happened over the summer, the beginning of school and kind of where Frank and Angela are are looking and hoping that we're going to be in the next three to six months. So we hope you can join us and uh, thank you. 